Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Ultra Hope Girls, a Danganronpa podcast. Today, we are going to be covering the trial and investigation of Chapter 2, and also in the second half of the episode after the commercial break, we will be going through notes that contain spoilers for the entire game, and we will give you a heads up after the commercial break to remind you as well um, about all of that, but... For the first half of the episode, we will spoil chapter two, V3. And I just also want to give you all a heads up that this episode is going to contain content relating to suicide. If that is something that you cannot hear for your own safety, we encourage you to click away from this episode and to take care of yourself and know that we are rooting for you. If you need any resources at all, we will have a link in the description that lists a bunch of different resources by country so you can get the help you need if that is the case or if you or if it's a loved one as well, you can pass that along too. Take care of yourselves, and we're uh, we're thinking of you. All right. And with that all said, we're excited to dive into this episode. I'm Maddie. I'm Marin. And I'm Caroline. And we're the Ultra Hope Girls. One. Two. Welcome to the Dong and Rumpa podcast. <laughs> You're on the threshold of an amazing episode. We three years strong, almost, almost three years. Can you believe that? No. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> we're. Do you know what else in, is like, in May? Our anniversary. <laughs> oh, that's so true. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. We're wow, diving into weird. this episode like how Kibo did not dive off the diving board. Um. Yes, and <laughs> I'm very glad he did it because he would probably combust. Speaking of Kibo, um, one thing, the first note I literally have for this section is after, like, the body is discovered, everyone just unanimously decides that Kibo is now a battering ram and decides to yeet him into the tank. I don't know what that was. That was the stupidest idea ever. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what that was about. Yeah, that, it was like no thought added either like they just decided immediately that he would get thrown and there was no discussion yeah and then three <laughs> people at once were like all right kibo come on and he's like what now <laughs> oh my god and that, even after that you get you see like all the piranhas just like in a little trash can like all in there i mean i'm just i just iconic <laughs> i had a note that says r.i.p piranhas i know they i guess they just don't get to live yeah <laughs> right nor did Rio, yeah. but um you know r.i.p i know also i was kind of shocked that there wasn't like more of a mess or like more destruction or even other people injured from them just smashing that whole tank open of water right. that's that's probably like oh god i don't know how many gallons of water that is i should i feel like i should be able to estimate how many gallons of water that is because i just went to like like a fire engine training where they were talking about how much water every tank holds <laughs> oh my gosh hang on hang on um there, there's like at <laughs> least 1500 to 2000 gallons in that tank from its size probably there's probably at least 2000 gallons wow. in that tank that would have like short-circuited yeah but also like that would have been like an actual <laughs> explosion <laughs> of all that water yeah. coming. <laughs> like can you imagine if, if like you were in the aquarium and like one of the right one of the tanks smashed no that, that would cause broke some open and all the water came out like <laughs> like have you guys like, ever seen sing yeah the, like, animated a long movie. time do ago do you remember how like there's that massive tank of water that gets smashed and then the whole theater floods it's like a really wild like <laughs> like thing yes. it's, it's like that you just yeah, unlocked a memory <laughs> memory <laughs> unlocked <laughs> It's speaking long. of speaking memory of unlocked, unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, we'll get to that later i'm sure but but yeah we do be unlocking some memories in yeah. this um chapter i also had to know okay my first note from the investigation was i thought it was strange how for a game that really like does get pretty gruesome sometimes and doesn't really hold back ryoma's skeleton was like just 
so cartoonish. It was like it was I dare know. I say adorable. <laughs> like like it's it's like it's so little. He's so little. I just I'm, like I, I mean that in like the the like kindest way possible. It's a cute little guy. That's really interesting though because like I I had never thought about that but you're so right of all of the like depictions of a dong and rumpa death this is like I don't know maybe it's because we have like a dissociation between skeletons and people like yeah. the, you know like Could if be. you see a body with blood and they still look like themselves there's no decomposition like maybe we have more of an emotional connection with something that looks like that versus just a skeleton true mm -hmm. that's a good point yeah mm -hmm. um that's no so but you're right maddie that is something that i hadn't thought about because there are some pretty gruesome ones in, mm -hmm. in this game that even that we haven't even gotten to yet mm -hmm. um yeah spoiler more people and die what <laughs> <Whoa>! <laughs> oh man Caroline's um, right like it is pretty cartoonish like yeah huh mm -hmm. yeah and also I, I wanted to mention too with the state we find Ryoma's body in it is so interesting to me how the ultimate tennis pro also like he, they refer to him also as the ultimate prisoner dies mm -hmm. in handcuffs like he dies um like imprisoned still like still and it's like I almost viewed it as sort of a metaphor of like him being imprisoned by his own like insecurities by of himself and he never was released from that prison in real life you know what I mean like he was re released from literal prison but the prison of his own emotions was never something he overcame which is so sad oh my okay. god unresolved emotions in oh my god I just came up with a note for our episode that we're recording later today oh nice um, I just came up with a meme for this episode, which is uh, an Anchorman. Oh, no. <laughs> it's very different vibes. <laughs> but an Anchorman when um, Will Ferrell is like in that phone booth and he's like, I'm in a glass case of emotion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, audience, nice. you also couldn't see, but I was snapping during that because Caroline, that's so real. That's so good. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I also love that Kaito, the entire investigation, um, he just, he spent none of his time exploring the new parts of the school and no. <laughs> knows nothing about anything that's going, that is, he enters like the pool and he's like, whoa, there's a pool in here. It's like, dude, were you at the casino all day? Like, what are you he doing? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get a love hotel key or something. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I have to say, I thought that the investigation aspect of this case was super fun because you guys know me. I love like magic tricks and like the psychology of like behind like magic and illusion and whatnot. Like I'm a big fan of like um, just kind of like magician watching like magicians and trying to like deduce how they did something i love that um and so this case was a lot of fun for me per in particular because like you're not only trying to solve the murder but you're also trying to solve this magic trick and i thought that was really cool like i thought that was a um a neat spin that they put on it yeah i really love when characters talents relate directly to like the investigation and like yeah i totally agree with you like figuring out the trick of the magic trick is like literally part of the murder itself in a way you know yeah i totally love that this case was not one of my personal favorites what i liked about it was i felt like they gave us enough clues to be able to solve it without making it like crazy obvious or you know like super super vague like how would we have known that but i don't know i i just there was something about it that it reminded me a little bit of the case in game one in chapter three with Celeste, um, mm. where it was timeline focused and who could have been where at what time. And I didn't love that case either. And so I think that's just like a personal preference of maybe like timeline focused murders aren't really my thing, but that doesn't mean that it wasn't well made. Like the chapter I, I respect it. I just don't think it was really for me. Yeah. Yeah. If you can totally. say that about murder, like for me. <laughs> I just remember like getting to this case originally playing it and kind of being like, 
knowing that this game was going to be a lot different than the ones that came before it because both of these like murder plots were so elaborate like yes. like it is just like oh my yes. god karumi thought to to premeditate like i like to tie a rope i mean she planned this whole thing in like a couple hours i mean like that is just so i mean it is like i don't know it's just like there's a whole other level to this that i yeah i i can't even comprehend i agree with that a lot and this is a point in the game where i started to feel like that too like i thought it was fun to solve but it was also like when all was said and done i was like why like if you're the black and like why would you go through the trouble of doing all that like there are a lot of cases in Danganronpa I think where it's like wow if the obviously because it's you know for in order for it to be a fun game to play it shouldn't be just super simple every single time but there are a lot of times where I'm like wow if the Blacken had just made this a lot simpler they probably would have gotten away with it like Kirumi if she had just like drowned I I genuinely think if she had drowned Ryoma in the sink and just left him there she wouldn't have gotten caught because that could have been anyone who did that anyone could have done that in the middle of the night and gone there right and overpowered him and if she wiped off all her fingerprints or whatever there would have been zero evidence linking her to that like the reason they were able to figure out that it was her was because she went to all these other lengths to so it's like that's what bothers me the most about it it feels like in general in those games a lot of the uh murders were more reactionary which i think is touching on what you were saying caroline like it was you know sayaka and leon and you could make a case for self-defense and it was messy it was so messy and then like i don't know you don't get a lot of this like pre-planned really thought out murder ah uh, yeah it's so different and kaede thought out her murder mm-hmm. and like oh it just yeah it feels like True. in the second hunger games film when all of the people who are in the games you know are like murderers like they are trained versus like in game one where it's kids it's like it feels so different yeah no that's that's really really real i know and and, and it's like you know i can count on like one hand the amount of premeditated murders in this game that were like really premeditated like celeste you know um is like the i think the only example in game one really i I mean yeah yeah. even in game one with junko her killing mukuro that was reactionary she just did it like right yeah which is almost more realistic the reactionary murder but then again we also now have this new information about karumi that she is like a, a the prime minister basically and she is um you know the way that she works and like her personality almost is like ella enchanted kind of where like if she is told to do something she has to do it <laughs> to the best of her ability okay. which is kind of like you know i mean it goes back to the idea of like nagito's luck and how that like how it feels so different because it's almost like magic <laughs> where and karumi again kind of like ella enchanted it feels like magic that ma- that binds her to like this i don't know like force that makes her have to do things to their completion and so it like made sense that she would do this because she you know has her promise and her duty has been to protect her people right and and she had to do what she had to do you know (laughs) i think it makes sense in her mind right 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 right. yeah yeah that's what i mean and that's why she premeditated it is what i'm saying yeah Yeah, absolutely oh so interesting speaking of karumi like in this investigation and this i guess trial as well i thought it was really funny knowing i i obviously went into this knowing that she did it and so i was really listening to like what she said during the trial and during the investigation and her comments are not helpful at all they're literally like i mean it's genius but it's like when you're you have like a socratic seminar in school and you just like repeat back what the other person said to you like like uh, i wrote down a quote here someone said we're talking um someone said in here they're like so the culprit put Rioma's corpse in the piranha tank before nighttime yesterday she's like 
that means he was killed during that time frame like <laughs> yeah. right right just like he's yeah no yeah, yeah, yeah. iconic no. she's so smart she Unreal. is yeah. I know and and like I mean this comes later but just like the way that she like manipulates like people I mean it is amazing I mean she really like yeah it's anyway but how much of it is her personality and how much of it is like what she feels like she has to do for to complete the task she's been given I mean it is totally like great yeah kind of wild speaking of like impulse things this kind of goes to this note this trial was super interesting to me. And this is a big reason why Marin didn't really like Kaito at first <laughs> is because he, and also a couple other people like Tenko is a really good example too. In this trial, are, follow, they go on impulse. They're like, I don't think this person did it because I just have a feeling they didn't do it, you know? And it's so bizarre because like, in a way that that mindset was the only thing that made them able to catch a killer that was this premeditated was this like kind of heart heart first idea as much as like anti like court that is to say it just is so interesting and that is like the first time i mean besides like makoto sort of like trusting kyoko and the fifth trial that's really the first time we've seen that level of just like i don't know if it's himiko i just don't think it's her you know <laughs> and they obviously choichi like backs up their belief right with his logic and that's kind of what he's there for um but i don't know it's like it makes it kind of a good compliment for him I don't yeah know. i i agree with that i think that that is happening more in this game than in the first two and it also almost in a little way feels like a bit of a fourth wall break from the Danganronpa creators because it's like you as the player of the game also have a feeling that it's not Himiko right because why it wouldn't be as interesting to solve if it was the person who is obviously the most suspicious right like we also have that gut feeling and so then the characters are like echoing our gut feeling that we have mm. and they don't have a good reason to but we're like yeah yeah that feel that feels right you know what I mean right yeah. totally Caroline is absolutely right. I did not like Kaito uh, when we first played through this. I think what bothers me about it, I mean, everyone here knows, if you've been listening this long, you know that I, I usually like to think in more black and white logic than the gray. I mean, Maddie brings us back to the gray. That's like, you know. <laughs> it's her <awesome>. role. <laughs> it's her role. <laughs> But what bothers me about this idea of just having like a vibe that someone didn't do it is every person, every person has internal biases um, within themselves that cause you to think that someone might be more or less capable of something than someone else. And so it just bothers me because what if Kaito had that feeling about about um i just forgot her name Maki? the person who did it <laughs> oh kurumi 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 yeah what if he was like no she's so kind she couldn't have done it period i'm not voting for her because like i don't believe she did it and kaito is a pretty convincing guy right like he is i would argue a leader of the group whether he knows it or not or at least a leader of some of the some like subsets of the group and those those types of hunches and biases can be really really dangerous oh, yeah, um, and so i sure. think that's why it frustrated me but obviously like caroline said it works in our favor it absolutely does in this game and so you can't really make a firm argument against it it's just it's important to remember absolutely yeah. oh gosh where where are these people getting piranhas where do piranhas <laughs> come from <laughs> that's ridiculous who um, i actually had a note about the piranhas and it's that do you guys ever feel like piranhas are one of the things that you felt like when you were a small child you thought you'd have to worry about them way more often yes. than you actually do like it's like piranhas and like quicksand, quicksand. like <laughs> it's so true like like i feared piranhas and now right. it's like you know yeah, yeah. and you, so it's, real. It's, fun fact piranhas are actually like not all that dangerous like you can get into like a swimming pool with some piranhas and like 
it, they probably wouldn't probably they probably wouldn't attack you <laughs> maddie i want you to tell that to ryoma yeah i'm sorry i will swallow my words <laughs> just like the piranha swallowed ryoma okay <laughs> they must have been some starving piranhas it's like a lot of wild animals you know when it's like you're you're not their preferred food source so if they're Mm -hmm. starving to death then maybe maybe they'll take a little nibble yeah what is their preferred food like food source what is the preferred food source of a piranha yeah like caviar steak google it what do piranhas (laughs) maybe a nice waldorf salad well, you gotta treat them right. You gotta give them a glass of wine, too. And that's right. <laughs> In the wild, a good portion of their diet consists of fins nipped from the tails of larger fish. Additional items on a piranha's menu can include bits of flesh, whole small fish, insects, aquatic invertebrates, and occasionally plant material in the form of figs and other ripe fruit. So just like little little skin nibbles. They're re- really going around here eating the toes off of other fish alive. That's true. That's so true. I have to share that I went to the zoo recently and they have a polar bear exhibit. And at this polar bear exhibit, they had a sign that said what the polar bear's favorite activities were. And it was like these cute little graphic design posters, shout out to whoever made them. And it was like, my favorite thing to do is devour a lamb carcass. And I was like, me too. That's so funny. My favorite thing to do is to devour a lamb carcass. That's great. I cannot wait to see that in person. (laughs) I just have a note that I, um, Hangman's Gambit, just continually picking words that I've never heard in my life. What the fuck is a ropeway? I had that same note. Oh my goodness. I have never ever in my life heard of the word ropeway. Like it's like- I actually died in this trial because of that. I, I was like, I was like doing it. I was like, what is the word? I I like I've played this before. What is the word? It's kind of like bamboo sword. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I mean, well, just like because I saw the 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 seven letters and I was like, zip line, boom. And then that was not right. That's what I thought it was. I was like, hope way. Like I had to, I think when I first played this game, I had to cheat and look it up. Because yeah. I didn't know what the word was. Mm-hmm yeah yeah the four horsemen of the apocalypse we have on the meat bone bamboo sword ropeway we need one more round Maybe it we'll out finder later <laughs> later in the game oh my gosh also in the um driving game i forget what that one's called um there are billboards of angie on the side if you like really? look the billboards some of them they change but there's one of just angie like introducing the magic show and it is so that. cultish. Like, it feels like I know that when you drive up from up to Pennsylvania on the New Jersey Turnpike, there's all these things that say, like, are you going to heaven or hell? Like, call this yeah. number. And, and like, it felt like that. I was like, whoa, this feels like cult city over here, you know? Yeah, like, cult, that cult is. Leader. Yeah, that is like driving through North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, like that whole strip that is and like probably Florida, too, is like all. <laughs> like those billboards (laughs) and it's like oh my god um but that's so funny I didn't notice those billboards I just made the note that um my note about the game is called it's psyche taxi my note was what the hell is this game and why is Shuichi picking up prostitutes and whoever designed this mini game was definitely high as a kite while they did so yeah that's all I had to say about that game why is he picking up escorts it could literally be like and in the directions it says escorts it could literally be like other students like getting them on board with this train of thought like there are so many other ways they could have done that i think shuichi has a past that he has not told us about (laughs) Wow. i want to know if anyone played this game and drove like the speed limit Marin did. <laughs> I drove at a crisp 200 miles per hour and I was overwhelmed, too overwhelmed to acknowledge the billboards. Because <laughs> it really does. When you're at 200, it's like, like you really are like, I, like it is so overwhelming. I know. Oh my God. My next note is about the fact that Monokuma drops a bomb. He says, you 13 are the only ones left in the world. Yeah. 
which again, I brought this up and I think on our last episode, but I, I like, that is who the hell is doing this? That is ultimate despair. That makes me think like, is there some sort of AI again running all of this or is it because we, we are assuming we're assuming, I don't, I still don't know if we necessarily have proof of this, but we're assuming that one of these people is the mastermind. But as we learned from like game one or whatever, like not as we learned from game one, but just as we it's common sense, like the mastermind cannot be controlling Monokuma at the same time as they're in the room, you know? So like what, and, and all five of the Monokubs, well, now right. we only have what three left, but yeah. RIP to um, Monoske. Like how, how is this happening if they're, but we know that Monokuma has a reputation for being very honest and not always like telling them everything that's the truth but not usually telling outright lies true that's true and I so you brought up Monosuke and it is so interesting how if he hadn't said he makes that comment about how like oh yeah like like the culprit talked to us about it and made sure it was okay basically confirming their theory which up to that point had just been a theory if that hadn't happened I'm gonna have another note for the the second trial thing but like if that hadn't happened like they might not have figured it out and i think mm-hmm. that's why like monodom like kills them because it's like it's disrupting oh. their like the way things are supposed to go uh i see because monoske is a liability but i don't know if i agree that that's why monodom killed him oh, i don't know okay. that i have a good reason why monodom killed him but he says he being monodom says like we need to all just get along and i almost wonder if it was more like monoske's reaction to having spilled a secret saying mm-hmm. like you know like well like you guys forget that monodem's done all like done all this stuff he killed our brother like you guys are so stupid for like just going along with what he says and like that kind of stuff that made me feel like it got a bigger rise out of monodem than the release of the secret that's true that's true but i don't know that not getting along like i'm not that i'm not i don't feel like that's the strongest defense as to why monodim would be killing his siblings like i am definitely not making an argument that that makes a lot of sense but i guess (laughs) just right now with the info that we have that feels more likely i don't know (laughs) yeah no i hear you i mean it could be a little bit both too he yeah. really he he like there seems to be like with with monokid and then monos monoske like there was like a turning point for each of them where like they were clearly becoming an issue and monoske was getting a little too cocky a little too he's trying to stand out a little bit be a little too much of a showman and it ended up biting them in the butt when you know the kids figured it out and then he was like you the mono cubs are equal you are trying <laughs> to be bigger i don't know <laughs> shout out to jason oh jason yes yes truly great performance what do we think about the prospect of these you know this this cast of killing game characters being the last people on earth i'd like to throw in that we don't know that there is a mastermind in these this group of kids yeah that that is not confirmed and I think it would be so interesting to see as this game goes on if there wasn't one. Because the assumption that there is someone evil, I think, just furthers the okayness of, you know, like prosecuting and like finding people every every chapter to get rid of because maybe you'll get rid of the bad one Mm. Um, whereas if you assume that all of the people around you are good it might make you less likely to want to engage yeah Mm -hmm. that's true i also it also is the thought of that comes up and i feel like monokuma when he shared that it was quite pointed because you know, Kurumi is in the mindset that she is killing all of these people to save the majority, right? That's yeah. her, it's like big time, like she's really like the trolley problem, basically. Yeah, it <laughs> is. Just like, you know, on a bigger scale. And so, um, and so then like imagine, you know, she found out that they're the last 13 people on earth or so Monokuma claims. And she, 
like like whoa like what if they are i don't know like i i'm not it just is interesting that this is the time that he decides to say that when you know anyway but she yeah. needs to know what happened to her the people to her people yeah but then mm-hmm. it's that raises an interesting question to me in terms of well what what must have been going through kirumi's head after hearing that because a she could have been like oh that's ridiculous there's no way that's true monokuma saying we're the last 13 left in the world no like i know that i have my country out there i need to go back and help them and so i'm gonna do blah 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 blah. or what if there was doubt in her mind and maybe she thought maybe monokuma could have been telling the truth and she no longer firmly believed that she had a country of people to go back and serve and so she was sacrificing the rest of the group out of pure selfishness just because she wanted to know what became of them right you know what i mean like i can't help but wonder about that yeah and it's it's probably a little of both honestly yeah like there's a hope that they're still alive right i think that that is the present but also like yeah i think you're completely correct yeah 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 because it's it's funny it's just because like monokuma in the in the motive videos of all the motive videos we've seen that have actual people in them r.i.p realm i'm so sorry um but like kaito's video and kurumi's video like at the end monokuma's like a tragedy is about to befall these people like what will it be you know you gotta find out like whatever and then at the beginning of the trial he says actually there's nobody like he implies that like actually there's nobody left but you guys so has the tragedy already befallen these people or was that just a lie like it's yeah. just like it's there's a lot of there's a conflicting narrative here <laughs> yeah absolutely i want to talk about Rioma's motive video a little bit because i feel like it was a little bit well this is going to sound obvious i was going to say i feel like it feels a little bit too mean from monokuma but i i almost feel like it was unrealistic um because I guess the question I want to pro- propose is, is it possible to not have anyone that you care about at all? Because what was stopping Monokuma from putting the other students in Ryoma's video? Maybe that's who he cared about most right now. Oh, right. You know, yeah. and, and you can make the argument that they probably cared about him a little bit too by that point. I'm not saying they loved him. I'm not right. even saying that they liked him, but like, they probably thought of him as an acquaintance and that's something that's not nothing yeah right. and that goes into like sort of the other thing that comes up in this chapter at the end especially is like what light what lives are worth living which is like so oh my god <laughs> especially yeah. having that conversation as a group of high schoolers when you haven't even gotten into the world yet and like you're already talking about is my life worth living like you don't you know anyway but um like i i think i i marin i I totally agree with you i think that there is at least someone out there i think i think it's you know if if there is no one it's the people present in the game you know i and i totally agree with you because you know just by being alive we touch the lives around us in little little ways i mean you know it that's you know it's a wonderful life talk you know told that story like you know almost 100 years ago which is crazy um but like yeah and so like he has touched lives there are people who he lingers in their thoughts i mean how could you see that little cute adorable little guy and forget about him you know what i mean yeah and so i think it was um well, I, I just, I think both him and Kurumi's like whole motive situation, it felt very contrived to me. Felt very contrived because Kurumi just so happened to end up with her motive video and he just so happened to have no one in his motive video. So his worthlessness is an all-time low and her self-righteousness is at an all-time high. That is, yeah, that's not, oh, that feels so, so set up. <laughs> Oh, what a statement. Yeah. Thanks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're being they're being played. They're being played. Yeah. That was a question I had. Do you think it was on purpose? Oh, absolutely. I would come on. That's too convenient. (laughs) Yeah. That makes me disappointed then, 
I'll be honest because I don't know. That means that for now two chapters in a row, or maybe disappointed is the wrong word, but two chapters in a row, it feels like it's Monokuma forcing these murders. And I say that um, because if they knew that Karumi would take any request, any at all, and they purposefully gave her this video and like, like, it's just, it's the time limit. Again, if you create a scenario, I'm not saying Karumi is right to have the mindset that she takes every request. That's not good. That's not healthy. Yeah. But if they know that those are the facts of the world that they live in, and then they utilize those facts, then now we have two chapters in a row where there's basically a time limit because you right. know that it's going to happen. Like, yeah. ugh, it's just wild. I know. This out of the out of all three games, this one so far has felt like the most of a setup in each case. I wanted to talk about the lying during the trial um, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we are able to lie again. But what's interesting is you can actually lie twice. Um, it's not only the prompt where it's very obvious that you have to lie, but you can lie again. So you can change the alibis from yesterday to my alibi for nighttime and hit the like, I believe most of us don't have one talking about alibis, um, like logic point. And in it, it's basically Shuichi says that he was awake the whole night in his room and he was listening and he hears the stairs like he can hear the staircase being used and he said i i didn't hear the stairs at all last night so it had to have been someone who lives on the first floor and himiko angie kaito and karumi are the people who could be it and karumi is the only person who lives on the first floor and that's how you prove it so you can lie oh my twice gosh to prove your case and you get an achievement that's called so what's wrong with taking the back streets <laughs> all star by <laughs> well the years stop coming and they don't 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 stop and i was so shook and the only reason that i found that is because i was really close to dying a second time in the trial and i didn't really want to so i looked up a guide and it was like you can lie here okay um but isn't that wild that i I didn't even know yeah 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 that is so funny the that the reference like why are there i don't know if this is maybe like the um the translators or like the american dev team did that or not but there is a lot of like american pop culture references yeah in this game like from that achievement also also oh my god the trump reference oh my the, god the, the prime minister <laughs> wanted Karimi to make this country great again <laughs> i remember when i was first playing this game i and that happened i screamed i screamed at the top of my lungs and my mom because this was covid and i was living with my mom because i wasn't at college anymore my mom ran into the room and was like, what, what? And I was like, Duncan Rumpa made a Trump reference. Because <laughs> it was like, oh my God. I was like, I want to know whether that was, that's something that's also in the Japanese version. Maybe it is, maybe it is, I don't know. Yeah. So they all talk about once Karumi reveals that she's the prime minister and she's trying to save everyone and blah, blah, blah. They all talk about sacrificing sacrificing themselves instead of Karumi and it felt like the exact same choice that Ryoma made earlier in the chapter like it Mm -hmm. felt like just kind of like a repeat of that which I thought was really sad um and interesting yeah I don't know I also wanted to bring up like just because she's the prime minister and the ultimate maid does not mean that there isn't anyone else who's qualified to take that role governments go on past specific leaders that that's how it is like it was so self-centered to assume that she was the only person who could do that um although i know there's that second aspect of taking a request like i I recognize there's two parts to you know the choices that she makes but yeah that was just that was very interesting to me yeah something that also is quite profound that i just thought of is like relating to that is despite the fact she's manipulated and betrayed them they are still rooting for her life yeah Yeah. 
And that is really powerful. Yeah, that was, I thought it was a very powerful moment towards the end of the, the trial where they all start just screaming like, run, Kirumi, run. Like they, they want her to get away. And I think like, you know, on the one hand, it's fair. Like, even if it's someone who has done something really bad, who has committed murder, you don't necessarily want to see them like be brutally executed right in front of you. You know, that justice is not always required that, <laughs> but um, in this case, it really feels like they're like, they've almost like exonerated her mm-hmm. in their minds of like almost like what she did was fully justified and I don't know if I agree with that personally yeah. um because I I think I agree with Marin and that there's a lot of like selfishness there I think there is the request yeah. part of it honoring the request but I think that there is some selfishness there on Kirumi's part too and that's like she wants to live she wants to get out even if for her for herself if not for you know the rest of the country as well but um it's also just really messed up to like try and you know put a like i i liked how kaito said it when he was like stop talking like this like you can't just put a price tag on a life like whatever that's not like i really liked that kaito said that i feel like someone needed to say that because it just feels really messed up to try and start ranking lives in terms of how important someone is and how worthy they are of getting to live based on how many other people they might be impacting you know what I mean like it's just yeah yeah it's just messed up and it's not I don't think that Hirumi has any greater right to live than Ryoma at all right so absolutely yeah there is the aspect and I agree with you there is the aspect of this case that you know Ryoma kind of let this happen right you know i mean like i mean that's what karumi says i think she's telling the truth i do you know i I think if it had been any other person they would have taken pity on him and and like and should have i think he needed to hear that he was valued um but he you know i mean she took the opportunity that he gave her but also if he didn't give her that opportunity would she have tried to kill him anyway you know, we don't know, yeah. right? We don't know how far she would have gone. I think she would have, I'll yeah. be honest, because I think she would too. we see that flashback. And like you said, Caroline, assuming it's true, which I will as well, because we don't really have any reason not to, she's prepared to fight. Like she, she comes in prepared to fight and she is shocked when he turns around and leans close to the ground to keep picking up tennis balls. Like there's just that moment where she's like, a little bit I, I don't know what the right word is other than shock disturbed um maybe thankful even a little bit but just oh it's just such a horrible moment um yeah. I think she was prepared to fight him 100% I agree and you know what else yeah. she says that's really interesting is when she's recounting it later she says oh re- like there's no way someone like Ryoma wouldn't have been able to sense my bloodthirst like she literally uses the word bloodthirst like that's right. not you know that's not that that's not the kind of word you use for someone who's oh my god I have no choice like, I not have to sure. do this right, right like whatever like that is like she is doing it she is committed and she's like I am going to kill this guy like it's right. yeah and also we talked about her premeditating this murder I think she had everything planned, and I think she knew the only person that could fit in half of that tank is Ryoma. Ryoma. No, that's true. (laughs) And it just so happened that he was the person that didn't want to live the most. Yeah, exactly. Because Gonta even says, I think it's Gonta, he's like, he could have just done the Shikuchi method and gotten away. Like, how would anyone have caught him? So he's not an easy person to get unless he has, you know, these feelings that obviously we see uh, in the chapter. Hey everyone, we're going to take a quick break, but before we do, if you want more Danganronpa content, if you're missing us on the off weeks, we have a patron that has a ton of bonus episodes. You are sure to find something that you'll enjoy on there. Um, We've got a couple exciting releases happening this past month i guess they're already out for our patrons so definitely definitely look into becoming a patron uh, and get some access to all of the cool features we have um looking for other ways to help us out leaving a five-star review on apple podcasts always always helps us out and we appreciate it so much Uh, but we we're gonna be right back real soon after this break 
Hello, everybody. Welcome back from our break. We are going to be spoiling the entirety of V3 starting now. So my one big note for this entire chapter that is Spoiler City is how contrived everything is. And it feels like, you know, now we're in 53rd season of Danganronpa, the television show. It feels <laughs> like Samugi and the TV executives, in order to avoid repetitive storylines they have to intervene more to make more contrived things happen and i think that's exactly yeah. why this is the way it is 100 yeah 100 i agree with that completely yeah. and, and i feel like that's a thing in real world reality tv yes as well i mean like as the seasons go on with shows that have been running for forever and ever and ever it like you can feel it it's so scripted it's yeah. like i want <laughs> For me, the example that comes to mind is is actually America's Got Talent. I used to be a huge fan of that show. I would watch it like every season, whatever, when I was in like middle school, high school, whatever. Like I love that show. And I just, I eventually stopped watching it because it got to just feel so scripted that I was like, this doesn't feel genuine anymore. And it feels like, yeah, I, yeah, it's just, yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah. You're on the 53rd season of a show. There's no way that you can just let let the contestants just do their own thing and not get something that's like okay we've seen this a million times before like you kind of right. gotta like meddle about a little bit to try and make it something you think your viewers will still want to watch literally season one trigger happy havoc they all they needed to do is lock people up give them like pretty basic motives and it led to this and they probably right. learned that right that that's the way it goes so yeah anyway yes no, I think there's an art to knowing when your show should stop um, when yeah. you're done. And I think the implication that they're on season 53 implies that they have completely lost like that knowledge of that. I don't know. I, I will go back on myself what I just said in that I think the only show that is still going on that has not overstayed its welcome for that long is Survivor yeah in in my opinion I, I i i mean i'm very open to hearing like other shows because i'm gonna start watching them um that have gone on that <laughs> that are awesome but i don't know i just i think that there is a real wisdom about knowing when when you should call it quits and i think that's what this game delivers i think that's what kadaka is telling us is he knows it's time and mm -hmm. as much as we want more content maybe we as players need to acknowledge that wisdom right and and recognize it for what it is which is genius no i agree with that true. yeah that's yeah, really true yeah i'd rather a series or game or show whatever that i like end on a high note than to keep trying to dole out content that just gets to be like crap because then that's you end up not liking the whole series anymore because the whole series isn't good anymore. At you Nancy know? Drew, hello. Um, <laughs> God. Anyway, um, the other thing that is pretty big, and this goes back to the beginning of the chapter with the flashback lights, is like Shuichi seeing himself saying, I don't want to live. And that, I think that what he's seeing is absolutely him entering the game. I think it's him being like, I want to be like, I like, I don't know, in order to submit yourself to that kind of situation, you would have to have some desire to die in a very famous way or like, yeah, and it's just so interesting how we go on this whole thing about, oh, all, every life is worth living, but the people in this game probably don't, at some deep level, believe that about themselves, because maybe they're boring or they're not special or whatever. That's something I want to discuss a little bit. And I think we're planning on doing an episode potentially where we discuss like, you know, is this real? Is this similar to games one and two? Are they connected, disconnected, whatever? Um, but Maddie actually brought up an interesting point in our non-spoiler section of this episode, which was uh, the potential for AI. Um, and I'm wondering if maybe instead of this being something where these people signed up to potentially die on a reality show, this is an artificial intelligence version of themselves in this AI world 
that could die, but that they as real people in the real world would not. Um, Cause it might answer some of our questions about like the syntax of like what Monokuma says, and you're the only ones in this world. It might allow yeah. for that to not have been a lie. Um, I don't know. That's just something that crossed my mind. Like That's think about where point. technology is right now, like VR and, and all that stuff. Like, we're like right next door to that being possible you know i one thing that i'm still confused about after replaying this through this chapter is the very beginning of this chapter when they show like kaede and the little like almost shrine and they hear the voices in the background saying like oh like they were probably killed by that group or they were running away from that group like um who are those people and what what is that scene because I don't understand how that fits into the narrative of this being like a TV show where everyone's watching and can't wait for the next murder and blah, blah, blah. Like, what was that? It's all part of the story that is made up, I think. I don't think it's real. Oh, so you think that the that scene was also like, fabricated and maybe part right. of the broadcast or something but it wasn't happening like ind happening independently somewhere outside this game i don't think so because in all the flashbacks it's shuichi in his detective outfit it's like his, his fabricated memories right of like him being the ultimate detective but he's not really the ultimate detective i think all that all of it is made up completely you know Interesting. they okay. willingly went into this game so they weren't chased down I think it's bullshit. I think it's, you know, how in Trigger Happy Havoc, the the bigger story, like there's always a bigger story, is right. Junko taking over the world in ultimate despair. Second game, the bigger story is that the kids involved were the ultimate despair. You know what I mean? And so then as players, we're expecting some kind of big reveal at the end. Again, like a fabricated story, but it's with real people. So it kind of we kind of get invested. Anyway, yeah, I think it's fake. I don't have my opinion yet on what okay. it means. I do need to, I'll yeah, know. I need to play more. <laughs> I can't remember everything about it because after yeah. the ending of V3, it's like hard to even like, like, it's like, oh, does this even matter anymore? Right, you know right. what I mean? Marin, right. I will stand by for your opinion. Thank you. We also get a lot of hints to Kaito's weakness early on. Kaito's weakness? Yeah, how he's sick, how he's like got, I don't know, some things wrong with him. oh i forgot yeah, about that <laughs> because he doesn't do that well in the first chapter he well no it's in this chapter actually he doesn't do that many push-ups mm -hmm. and he's kind of just chilling there and i think at one point doesn't he like cough ominously or did, am i lying about that i can't remember no i don't think he does yet no yeah there's no, no ominous coughing which speaking of that i watched this hilarious like dead. i watched this hilarious like um instagram reel but like it was a tiktok that um it was like period dramas when like s someone gets sick you know and it starts out with like <clears throat> like anytime anyone coughs in a period drama it's they're gonna have scarlet fever you know what i mean or tuberculosis, like, or tuberculosis. <laughs> and it kind of reminds me of that you know because anyway Okay. It reminds me of like like zombie shows and movies and stuff where they're always like, oh, it's just a tickle in my throat. And then the next day they turn to a zombie die and eat everyone. Right. But Absolutely. yeah. 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 There is also a hint in here about Kibo and his true role in this game. He says in this chapter yes. that he feels a whisper that he should stay from deep inside. Yes. Um, which to me felt like maybe everyone in the audience voted yes um it was like one of those american idol who do you think should stay like text this number on your screen like and everyone <laughs> participated and kiva said guess i'm staying so true marin i agree totally agree the other thing that i wanted to mention is what kokichi says about how he's like screwing with everyone and making sure no one cooperates just so that monokuma doesn't make them suffer even more is that true do you think judging based off kukichi's actions we and we can probably talk about about this more later in the game but he said yeah. that quote and it made me think hmm i know his character is so complicated and it gets it even really more compl complicated when you consider um trial five and i feel like yeah. that will be the 
moment when I think I'll have an answer to that question. It's like he's always lying. It's just a question of to who. Um, mm. You know, True. like, is he lying to Monokuma in that moment? Is he lying to the kids in that moment? Is he lying to himself in that moment? Like, mm. yeah, he's so interesting. I actually, I had a note about him too for a spoiler section, which he says to Monokuma at one point, this is after the flashback lights. Um, he says to Monokuma, you're such a terrible liar. You totally did that on purpose. Um, in reference to Monokuma saying like, oh, well, there's more flashback lights. Like, don't worry, like there's going to be more. And the implication is that he's telling Monokuma that Monokuma knew that it would take more than one light, that he had planned it. And like the kids are, they were disappointed on purpose by Monokuma. But Mm. I was wondering if he was more saying that Monokuma was lying about those flashback lights in general. Like he knew that those flashback lights were lies. Uh, like there's so many like layers to his depth of knowledge and yeah. like just like social genius that like yeah it's so you could pick apart everything he says right and he always is the one who knows when people are lying he's like mm-hmm. the king of lies and both in like spotting them and telling them and so it's kind of like yeah like honestly his opinion about if something's true or not like it's Pretty, probably pretty trustworthy but it depends on if he he's lying about his opinion about it's like yeah he's so ridiculous and earlier in the chapter he says like um Kok- it's when we lie as shuichi uh kokichi says well if shuichi's lying we couldn't trust anyone anymore well right. it's not like he's lying anyways and then he smirks his whole he face knows. changes he's like oh yeah he knows oh. <laughs> oh he knows yeah yeah we gotta play that song she knows <laughs> that girl she knows <laughs> yeah. so true um i wanted to also bring up a note that like isn't even really spoilerish but it's just interesting and it has nothing to do with this chapter in particular but i just wanted to bring it up and i thought mm, if not now then when um <laughs> every voice actor for each like every character's voice actor in this game is a repeat voice actor from a previous game except for maki she's nagisa oh true so every character is a repeat that voice actor is yeah. a repeat voice actor i was thinking in terms of like just the killing games but yeah yeah no you're really right yeah i mean it's true it's uh i mean part of it is like bang zoom has their like group of people that they really like to work with and they cast the same people in most of their stuff and i think that that's part of why and i i think also part of it had to do with the fact that because of the ending of this game there are characters that come back who are from previous games that's exactly why yeah yeah then they have like random lines here and there when when samugi is like swapping out as people it's true but then eric mendez like you said is like just there and really but but part of it is because um you know maki lives until the end of the game so it you know it kind of makes sense that she yeah anyway i have a couple more notes of them just poking fun at this being a game um one being there's a door that's literally pixel art like it's literally like painted as if it's a game um oh (laughs) and not real yeah um there's another door uh this is the door to the casino i believe like into that area that has the casino that has a bunch of letters on there um when i tell you that i spent 30 minutes combining these letters into different words to try and uh, figure out the deeper meaning i'm not lying um but it spells (laughs) virtual virtual is hidden in there um very easily and that is actually the only word in my opinion that could mean really anything within those letters Mm. the remaining letters if you take virtual out are a a i i u x l i a i u x i forgot about that there you go (laughs) very important man i remember in the last episode when maddie was like that um yeah oh man that's pretty much uh all my notes yeah same it's oh it's getting juicy 
Um, should we do the Vic? The um, oh, go ahead, Marin. Wait, I have one more note. I'm so sorry. Okay, they gave Gonta Samuki's vi- uh, video, and I wanted to know if you thought that maybe that would be because he was the most gullible. Like maybe whatever was in there, he would be the most ready to believe. Question mm. mark. That's a, true. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we've talked that he's not that dumb, though, in the original True. script. So I feel like I think it just she threw it in there. I don't think it was on purpose. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm torn. Yeah. Because yeah. he's definitely not dumb, but he is a gentleman. He trusts And I people. don't think. Yeah. Yeah. True. Um, yeah. Just interesting food for thought. Okay. Now I'm done. Well, I was going to say for bed, wet, behead, we should do the killers yeah yes because we did the victims last time right that's correct yes indeed the first killer is so it's mondo peko and kirumi this is a very easy one for me this is interesting (laughs) it could be argued that kirumi and peko have very similar energy they really do Mm -hmm. because she's a servant to her young master right and groom is a servant, servant to, to everyone to all <laughs> literally everyone and mom is a servant to no one check out our next uh episode <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> in the next in two weeks i think i have my answer all right taking that into account i think i have my answer Who wants to go first caroline i think you should go first okay you've been voluntold Thank you. Yes, thanks so much. Um, I would behead Mondo. Probably to the surprise of no one. <laughs> um, yeah, no, because I have I have implied simpage for the other two characters in other simpage. times. <laughs> yes, simpage. Um, but this is the truly difficult decision: is Peko or Kurumi? This is the this is a difficult decision. I would think I would wed Peko. And be and um bed Karumi. I love Karumi. Don't get me wrong. I think she is bootyful, and I think in a different group of people, bootyful. Um, oh <laughs> um, I showed Andrew Miranda sings the other day. Had he never experienced her ever? Oh my god, <laughs> that is hilarious. But yeah, I just feel like okay, Karumi lives to serve, and Pecco, yes is loyal to her young master but it's she has some agency i feel a little more than kurumi kurumi just i wouldn't want a partner that would just like listen to my every word and also peko's relationship to that is only with fuyuhiko it wouldn't be with like me right it's like she serves fuyuhiko but i we would have a different relationship right so whereas kurumi serves everyone like we talked about so yeah anyway Pekka, so she's so cool. She's so badass. She'd be able to protect me because I'm just a little baby. I actually have the same answers. Um, I would behead Mondo. I don't think I'd get along with him very well in a relationship of any kind. I <laughs> I would bed Kirumi and wed Pekko because I, I like them both a lot. And I also kind of had a hard time at first deciding between because they have very similar vibes but mm-hmm. because Pekko has only ever served one person and Kurumi honors every request that's ever given of her it's like how would Kurumi be loyal to one person ever you know what I mean it's like if I were married to her I'd have to be like constantly worried that like another person is going to come along with another request and like you know mm-hmm. I, I don't know it's just it, it, you know it seems like she can't really it's in order to be loyal to one person you have to sacrifice some things for other people Mm -hmm. sometimes probably and i don't know if karimi would be able to do that i have different answers to the surprise of no one um (laughs) (laughs) i would bed mondo it's just the taco within me that's all i can say yeah Uh, word yeah Absolutely. Um, I would wed Pecco and I would behead mm. Karumi. Um, yeah, because I I can see the appeal of Karumi, absolutely, but I think for I don't want to be in a long term relationship with anyone who can't 
stick up for themselves and say no to things that like that's not healthy like yeah she needs to find uh boundaries (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah so until she finds boundaries um karumi is on the chopping block today yeah literally right (laughs) oh my god how did we go the entire episode and not talk about her execution holy cow yeah wow oh my god um i have so many fun facts let's just tack it right in right now i like it (laughs) this execution this is from Rumple wiki but i like i remember this yeah this execution is based on the famous japanese short story called the spider's thread by Ryunazuke Akutagawa. Um, I probably butchered that. I apologize. Um, and I'm again referencing Danganronpa Wiki's page on the Strand of Agony execution. It reads The story concerns Kendata, a cold hearted criminal suffering in hell. However, he performed a single af- act of compassion in his life when he chose not to crush a spider underfoot. Moved by this action, the Buddha takes the silvery thread of a spider in paradise and lowers it down into hell. Kandata, with all his might, tried to escape from the abyss using the thread, but quickly got tired because of the thread's great length. When he looked down, he saw many other sinners in hell trying to to escape using the spider's thread. Fearing that the rope would break under the weight, Kandata greedily shouts that the spider's thread is his and his alone. This action ultimately makes the rope break, leaving Kandata and the other sinners to fall into the pool of blood once more, which kind of goes into the theme of Kurumi thinking again that her life is more valuable than all the others and that she has this almost complex of, of being more important. Wow. It's really wow. cool. Good reference. Um, That's so yeah. cool. I, I cannot believe I didn't even <laughs> remember to mention that. Oh, well, um, you did now. <laughs> yeah, I did. And I wrote a poem based on her execution um in that zine um which i want one day to maybe see the light of day publicly we'll see all right thanks for listening everybody all right everyone thank you so much for listening to this episode we had a great time recording it lots to unpack here like seriously like a lot to talk about in this chapter and i'm sure we will have more and more to talk about in the chapters to come so stay tuned because we will be back in two weeks with another episode if you miss us between now and then and you just need more Danganronpa content, you need more Ultra Hope Girls in your life, check out our Patreon. Um, the lowest tier is just $2 a month and you get access to a bunch of bonus episodes. As you move up the tiers, you get a bunch of other perks as well. So check it out. And if you are so inclined, if you want to support us another way, um, you can always leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That is super helpful to us anytime you do we appreciate it so much and we we love reading them it, it honestly just makes our day and warms our hearts to see that people enjoy our podcast so um, we couldn't do it without all of you just you know a huge thank you to all of you remember to follow us on all the social medias to get our updates and our memes especially our memes those are the best um they're usually made by Marin, and she's really good at making memes so check that out too um but yeah without further ado we will sign off now and we'll see you next time bye bye, bye. bye.